0: Uh, okay, so okay. let's say one, two, three. Yeah, one, one, <laughs> one. Two, okay, <laughs> okay, go. One, one,
1: two. Damn it! Oh. Sorry, one more time. One. <laughs> 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 oh okay. okay, okay, okay.
0: Ready, set, go. One, yeah, one, one, two, two, three, three. Okay. Did that work? I think that worked. Eva, can you make that the intro to the episode?
1: (laughs) Do you want to try again or are you okay with that? I think
0: that's okay. I think as long as it's like close enough, um, we'll be able to match it. And also she does this every week with paranormal captivity. So, Mm, okay. I think she's more of an expert than I. Definitely more than me. (laughs) Well, hi, Em. I can't even see you, but we're recording for the first time sort of remotely ever. This is the prettiest
1: you've ever been. My eyes (laughs) are finally taking a break.
0: You're really missing out. I know it's probably hard on your um, psyche to not see me.
1: (laughs) It is, actually. I've only seen Allison and RJ for several days now, so I'm kind of losing my mind. Oh, ouch. Just kidding, Al. I love you. You're beautiful. Um, How have you been? Yes,
0: we're social distancing, folks. Um, It's hard. Uh, What have
1: you been doing to have the days go by?
0: You know, I've been thinking about you. I know. I know it. Yeah, Um, I've been forcing myself to do really productive things. I've honestly, I know we've said this before, but I'm taking better care of myself now than I have in like three years because I'm just forced to be with myself inside so I'm like doing yoga and meditating and writing in my journal
1: I feel like a lot of people have been saying that where like they're taking this time as like a spring cleaning where everyone's purging all their stuff and
0: yeah I've been weirdly productive and I'm it's only day eight so I think that's gonna
1: end pretty soon um, <laughs> oh it's been
0: but it's, it's day <laughs> 11
1: for me and I can tell you from three days into the future you won't be doing that anymore <laughs> Wait, is it day eleven? Maybe it's day. I mean, we're on the same day, right? I think. I don't know. I haven't been counting. I've been counting.
0: Oh since... wait, that's true because I'm on day ten of my yoga thing, so that must be day eleven. Okay. Oh my god, the
1: days are just fading away. Time
0: is a construct in the pandemic, is what I always say.
1: Em, <laughs> um, how are you? What have you been doing besides thinking about my beauty? Um, then I've been thinking about you know your beauty all over again, just as a repeat. In oh, my in brain. a cycle, sure. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I've also. Uh, I don't know. I haven't been productive at all. I feel like as uh, you did a whole Instagram show that was out of insanity. That was <laughs> <laughs> so it's my yoga. M. Hello. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, for those who didn't tune into my Instagram live, uh, Allison and RJ and I <laughs> created a three day long Instagram live game show where it was bonkers. And I watched every second of oh, it. Oh, thank you. Well, RJ in the in the finale episode uh, did as many push-ups as he could um everyone seemed to be halftime show halftime show my mother was melting it was disgusting Mm. and um pretty gnarly but yeah so the name of the game was just eat and drink really disgusting food so it was terrible it was like a newlyweds mixed with like a fear factor sort of it was we every time i got wrong i got allison got to pick what i ate or drink and at the end of day one i was like chugging balsamic vinegar it was awful
0: I thoroughly enjoyed it because I knew both of you really well. So I was like, I know how many proms Allison went to. I (laughs) know all these random facts from college that. (laughs) You would have had a
1: better time. You would have definitely won the game if you
0: were there. (laughs) Well, in one round, you you had to drink lemon juice like four times in a row. And (sighs) everyone in the comments was screaming lemon, but RJ wasn't reading the comments. So I was like, lemon's getting his vengeance right now.
1: Oh, everyone um, was saying revenge of lemon, and it was—I <laughs> felt it. It was very intense. But yeah, so I've been doing a—I've been doing that. But other than that, I feel like usually with the the job that we have, I don't usually leave the house anyway. So I feel like exactly—I feel like nothing's really changed on my end. I'm still watching my Christian stories. Sure. And I'm still avoiding cleaning Always. things like that. Yeah. yeah, I
0: feel like um, I feel like we said this, we're very fortunate that we already work from home for the most part. Um, I mean, things did change because we had to cancel or postpone our entire tour, so that sure. was unexpected. But um, yeah, for the most part, I feel like...
1: Yeah, the transition was definitely, I think, easier on us compared yeah. to some other people. For sure, especially because we still have a job. I mean, we're lucky on that front, at least. Oh, um, wildly. And we are thinking yeah. of everyone out there who is definitely struggling right now. We hope that you're sure. doing Okay. I know, since our last recording, when Em and I were in
0: the same room, things have uh, escalated very quickly. Uh,
1: It's (laughs) taken quite a
0: turn. It's taken a turn. Um, And we are no longer in the same room, obviously. And uh, a lot of people, some of my friends have lost their jobs yesterday and the day before, so that's really crummy. Um, Blaze obviously is at the hospital every second of the day, so it's like, it feels kind of chaotic and scary. Um, So anyway, we're just, we're thinking about all of you, and I guess we're we're just going to use this as kind of a... A little distraction um
1: yes please be distracted chaos. for the next hour please <laughs> yeah. on our behalf
0: you can play it over and over again if you want that'll get some more downloads for us <laughs> yeah. um, oh also before i forget uh so a couple of things that we're doing in light of the current catastrophe um we're trying mm-hmm. to do as much like bonus stuff as we can we did some more bonus stuff for patrons um a little practice recording
1: that we put right. up um like we're any version of instagram live like even though it's not necessarily for patreon it's us just trying to distract you guys
0: yeah we're doing a live stream today uh 3 p.m those are all going to be recorded i'm sure we're going to keep doing them as long as we're in isolation so that's fun on our instagram and uh oh we signed up for cameo guys um oh yeah and half the proceeds are going to uh covid relief so if you guys want to try out getting a little video from us you can do that book us book us book us up yeah since venues can't book us anymore um we're (laughs) it a 60 second live show from us yeah personal personalized um and those are really fun and i think that's at cameo.com slash at podcast so um also dylan stats you are the patron of the week so congratulations for that i hope hope you're okay silver lining in your life (laughs) (laughs) i hope we can brighten your day a little bit um anyway thank you for your support hey dylan stats the world is ending like for our patreon <laughs> our Patreon number. how does it feel probably great
1: <laughs> anyway
0: <laughs> that's all i've got sorry for the word vomit but um wanted to make sure i said everything i don't
1: know yeah yeah please find us on cameo please follow us on instagram because i know um i just did the game oh, show yeah. thing i'm trying to think of some other content i'm doing marvel mondays oh, so yeah. every monday um at 5 p.m uh pacific and eight eastern we i'm watching a marvel movie we're watching it in chronological not in chronological order but in the, the appropriate order. timeline order and uh i know christine also has something really cool coming out that she's ooh, been working on yeah that's um, coming
0: i'm posting that tonight actually so it'll be out when this releases ooh. i'm really nervous to release it so please be ca- you want to tell them what sure. it is in,
1: since it comes yeah
0: be gentle with me everyone i this is my first time doing something alone on youtube so i'm terrified but um i'm releasing a cautionary tales with christine series where we read uh lovely cautionary german cautionary tales from the acclaimed strudelpeter book uh of my child Mm. of my terrorized childhood so i'm gonna read those to you um in a in a not so calming fireplace setting (laughs) (laughs) and uh add add i just wanted to add a little bit of a little pinch of chaos to your chaos so um a little (laughs) whimsical chaos um so that's on my youtube i'll probably post that on my instagram so you can just follow m is at the m schultz if you want to do marvel mondays yes and or if you want to do uh you know what do we call it chaotic riffing uh chaotic (laughs) (laughs) store stories just call it christine's chaotic stories there we go i've been calling it christine's quarantine chronicles but that i get that mixed up every time Um, i don't know
1: why you're not just calling all your all like your experience like you should write a book of your own called quarantine christine that's good too that's good too actually i mean when you've got the rhyming in there you really should take advantage of it there really aren't (laughs) that many
0: words that rhyme with christine christine quarantine quarantine. (laughs) (laughs) finally my time to shine (laughs) <laughs> um, anyway, I'm at X teen So you can find us or just follow the podcast. Cause that's where we're posting all sorts of fun stuff. So yes. Trying to keep engaged with y'all while you're stuck at home and while we're stuck at home, trying to give
1: you all that we can.
0: Is your child asking questions on their homework? You don't feel equipped to answer. Maybe your child is too shy to ask questions in front of the entire class, but they can get extra help and positive feedback with IXL learning. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way with positive feedback. This program will improve your kids' grades. Backed by research, kids using IXL are scoring higher on tests. From studies done in almost every state in the country, the kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. And one subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home pre-K to 12th grade. If your child is struggling, this is the smartest investment you can make, and a month of IXL costs less than an hour of tutoring. Additionally, IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And, and that's why we drink listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com drink. Visit IXL.com drink to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price.
1: So my story this week, um, well, first of all, did you know that last week, March 20th, was Alien Abduction Day? No. National Alien Abduction Day. What? Does that mean more, like,
0: does that mean that the alien, is this an alien celebration or a human celebration?
1: It's a human celebration. It's like, it's like national, you know, coffee week or whatever. They have, it's like (laughs) National Alien Day is March 20th. I don't know why that day, but fun fact. So um, it is a fun fact. That being said. I know I'm a little belated, but I'm going to give you guys an alien story today. Yay! So uh, Take us off this planet. Thank you. <laughs> please, social distance. Go into another galaxy. <laughs> Go to outer space. <laughs> so um, this one is a little controversial, in my opinion, because uh, the person I'm going to talk about is apparently very well known in the UK. But um, I think she's kind of on... Uh, I'm, I'm, I don't know how to explain it without... Totally framing her in a bad light the entire time, and I don't want that. To happen. But just know, near the end, I kind of, I'm ha- hesitant to believe everything she says. But everything is obviously up to everyone else's discretion.
0: Okay, and M usually believes everything they read, so this is interesting. I mean, regarding <laughs> aliens, not regarding like everything in the world.
1: I just mean alien wise. So, uh, I mean, very true. <laughs> sounded worse than I meant. Sorry. No, you're good. Well, so. I was first intrigued. I was tricked into this because her name is Hillary Porter. I thought it said Harry Potter. And <laughs> and so when I when I saw like someone suggest like I saw, I just like got a quick glance. It's Hillary with one L. So if you write out Hillary Porter, oh. it's not far off from Harry Potter. Okay. And okay. someone had suggested it a long time ago and so it's been on my list, but I thought it just said the alien abductions of Harry Potter and I was like, "Well, obviously I'm going to do that." <laughs>
0: It's like the missing ninth book.
1: <laughs> Harry Potter and the really weird out of this world experience. So um, so this is uh, the alien abductions of Hillary Porter. Okay. And also, by the way, from the UK. So I'm still not really off. Um, okay. So Hillary Porter is a UK ufologist. She's also an alien abduction counselor and she's a conspiracy theorist. Oh, my. Hillary claims to have been abducted countless times starting in her childhood and it's slowly tapering off as she got older. But I mean, as I go through this, she like claims about like 100 different reports, it seems. Oh, so she is obviously wildly convinced that she's been that like aliens exist. And um, she tries to be there for other people who believe it. So, okay. um, She does believe that after everything she has gone through with aliens that um she says that they are after superior dna to create human and alien hybrids which may already exist we just don't know it yet uh i don't like that i don't either and uh <laughs> she apparently believes that um like people in wales ireland scotland they are the superior race and so oh, apparently, apparently, yeah i
0: mean i was gonna say should, they're not coming here i hope no, probably
1: a, okay absolutely not <laughs> And uh, But apparently the aliens seem to really like, quote, Celtic DNA as their human mm. hybrid. So, Interesting. Um, she also says that any positive memory that anyone has of any alien interactions in their life is probably a, quote, cover memory implanted to avoid oh. detection. So oh. she thinks that aliens are pretty much just all negative, And if you have anything otherwise to say about it, then they have just done a good job of masking your memory of it. Oh, my God she says that skeptics are quote just dumb people trying to sound brainy so there's where the controversy (laughs) begins where she's you're just um, dumb that's all yeah she's uh she has a very uh staunch opinion about aliens and if you disagree with her she's not afraid to say some pretty uh directly rude things about you so oh my um she also says that there are different types of aliens, but they all actually adhere to an intergalactic social order. So apparently everywhere outside of earth, all of these extraterrestrials have an understanding of like their line in the world. So, um, or their place in the galaxy.
0: Okay.
1: So there are three main types that people have seen here. Um, the first one are grays, which we've already talked about before, where Mm -hmm. they're the stereotypical alien with the big almond shaped eyes and, um, they are apparently the servant class of extraterrestrials, according to her. Um, and then after that, there are reptilians, which are the lizard-like humanoids. Oh, my. And they are the noble class. Oh, my. So they're above the greys. And they're thought to... So um, I know... I don't think I've covered this yet as a story, necessarily. But there are people out there who believe that they're, like, lizards, like, giant lizards that live underground. And one day they're going to, oh, like, sure. take the world. Right? Yeah. So the idea of reptilians kind of coincides with that theory that there are reptiles I see. that secretly rule our world. So, um, so that's the second one. And then the third one is Cowled Figures. Ugh. Which apparently humans can't look at without getting a telepathic message sent into their brains. <laughs> Excellent.
0: I shouldn't be laughing because I feel like I'm that person in the horror movie who gets <laughs> You'd like... You'd be the
1: first one to like wrap your head in tinfoil. <laughs> Oh my god help me i did think during a space camp we should have made eva do like her own tinfoil hat that actually is a great idea we should do round two okay you're you're into that eva good okay so um oh so the cowled figures they're apparently like extraterrestrial royalty they're like oh the, so like my saddest. people my yeah. people yes my not people got it yes if you were an extraterrestrial you'd be the scariest for sure i'd send you all sorts of weird messages through your head <laughs> oh, I know. And they would all make <laughs> no sense. They would I'd be like, Are you wine drunk again? What is happening?
0: Oops.
1: <laughs> so apparently cow figures to humans, their eyes shine, so you can never look directly into who they are. What Ooh. the fuck? So that being said, those are the three main ones, and I guess she's had interactions with all three of them at different times. Um and so the rest of my story is literally a timeline of some of like the encounter he swears by. Okay. Um so All these stories are either from Hillary directly or her um, partner, Ken Parsons, who also witnessed these things.
0: Is this like a a life partner or like a business partner? I think a life
1: partner. Okay. It just said partner. I cannot be sure. Got it. So it starts in 1946, and these are all in the UK. Um, This was during Hillary's christening, and there's a cowled figure that's photographed standing behind her family outside of the church. (laughs) what the fuck so before she even had memory of these things following her she can find them in old pictures from her family oh no so that already is pretty terrifying then I don't like that in uh from 1947 to 1950 there were various occasions but um they all had to do with two-year-old hillary frequently disappearing from a locked garden um so her mom would like kind of let her outside in the garden. And she would just disappear and her mom would find her over like a mile away or a half mile (gasps) away. And her mom even told her later that she would see Hillary getting taken by shadow figures multiple times, but she was paralyzed by some like unknown force and she couldn't move. Mm -hmm. She would just watch Hillary get dragged away. I don't enjoy this. (sighs) I don't either. So in 1951, I guess Hillary is like five, five now. Um, Hillary is dragged through a field near her house and into a UFO, but by a five foot reptilian alien. Um, And this is one of Hillary's earliest memories, which is terrifying. Cute. (laughs) cute, cute. So Hillary is quoted saying uh, the reptilian alien. It had scaly skin, black holes on the nose and a little mouth. It wasn't very tall, maybe five feet, but very strong. It grabbed my arms and pulled me towards a disc in a depression in the field. And it dragged me underneath into a lift and the door slid closed. Mm. The next thing I knew, I was in a room with consoles and colored lights and little figures moving around. And so she said that the ship was super dark. Only the consoles had light sources. And so she couldn't really make anything out. Um, But she remembers going into a chamber where she saw other figures moving back and forth around her. She was stripped of her clothes and thrown on a cold surface and a sharp metal instrument poked her legs into the station. Has a scar from it. Oh, uh, uh-uh. all bad. Uh-uh. Not a good. Mm-hmm. So that's like her first memory. And dear God, how can you expect her to not like be traumatized? after <laughs> Yeah. That? So seven years later, uh, she's 12 years old, and Hillary sees a. She's hanging out with a friend, Janet, in the playground. Um, poor Janet.
0: I know. Janet, you don't know what you've gotten yourself into.
1: Truly, because then Janet starts getting sucked into the stuff. And Hillary and Janet both see a disc-shaped craft outside floating above them. It got closer to them, and they saw a humanoid figure in the doorway. And then they blacked out. So they're not even sure if they got abducted. They just know that they blacked (sighs) out. And then after that, for a few years, both of them started um, going through phases of like missing time. Like They would just wake up and be in different areas. And so both of them think that they were probably abducted a bunch of times in those years.
0: What a good friend, though, that Janet still stuck around for years.
1: I kind of think, I mean, yes, but at that point, I also think, like, you have nobody else. You kind of have to stick together. That's probably true, actually. You're right. You're right. You're right. Imagine if on the playground that day, Janet was like, wow, I plan on never hanging out with Hillary after today, and then (laughs) kind of have to after, like, having no, like, you're so bonded now. So uh, in 1962, um, Hillary's a teenager and a being made of light a Hillary in her room now, and they speak uh, telepathically and odd, but he says, the Cuban Missile Crisis will end peacefully, don't worry. <laughs> Sorry. And I she's like, know. thank you,
0: I was so worried.
1: <laughs> I don't know, like, a light being, maybe it was a TV screen and she was watching the news. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh But
0: God, it was just Twitter. She was like reading <laughs> Twitter late into the night. <laughs>
1: um so hillary refers to these light beings by the way as nordic aliens and that's all i have on that but apparently there's also nordic aliens and they're the ones made entirely of light they seem nice i think yeah so far i want to hang out with that one who's just telling me things are going to be fine very calming right yeah does someone know of an alien coming in your room in the last couple weeks being like the coronavirus will be fine don't worry
0: tell us please because we need all the
1: reassurance we can get or is that Twitter when you're saying up really that's late? That's probably also Twitter.
0: <laughs> actually, that's not Twitter. Twitter's like, everything's going to fall apart.
1: It's just an alien I found on TikTok, actually. So <laughs> so two years later, in 1964, she was on a date. God damn it, Hillary. Poor Hillary. Hillary. She's on, on a date, and she sees a cigar-shaped orange and white UFO, which is smoking in the back, like it's breaking down. And so then, like a cigar shape was smoking. Got it. And <laughs> put that together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Easy to remember. <laughs> on a need to know basis the cigar was lit (laughs) and uh apparently after her date she was walking her dog later and she saw the same thing following her so she saw the same Mm. thing twice in one night um later that year hillary was diagnosed with gynecological issues and she believes that this is a result from potential quote systematic egg harvesting
0: oh okay whoa my uterus just contracted into itself
1: that's horrifying (laughs) i think everyone's dead um it's uh yeah so she blames her gynecological issues on the fact that she was probably probed many times growing up oh my god and Five years later, she was actually married and five months pregnant and then miscarried the baby. Oh, no. So uh, her doctor made a house call um, the night that she miscarried and took care of her there. They had I mean, obviously, they were there for a couple hours together. And then the uh, doctor said, "Okay, let's make an appointment for next week and we'll do a follow up. So Hillary goes into the hospital to have her appointment with the doctor. And when she gets there, she is told that there is no record of her miscarriage and there's no record of her ever being pregnant, even though she went for her like appointments every time. Stop it. So Hillary believes that the fetus was a human-alien hybrid and nope. the doctors that she had been going to were in on the government conspiracy to cover it up. What the fuck? Because she swears she went to every appointment for the last five months the doctor that she that had made the house call swore that he never went, and so they all just totally oh my god gaslit her and told yeah. her it didn't exist, and so she believes that they were all actually just government workers. This is creeping me out, dude. Oh yeah. So at that point, I was like, oh, that's fucked up. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 1970, Hillary and her husband were driving home from Ireland, and they remember seeing something. Um, they remember seeing something, but then kind of blacking out, and they woke up in a totally different town called Cardiff. And they had no memory of how they got there. And they had no memory either of if they had got there, why had their car's gas not changed? Oh, weird. Like their gas level was exactly the same. And right. in the days that followed, both of them ended up getting really, really sick. And they both found triangular suction cup marks on their stomachs. Oh, like they found uh-huh. marks of it. Um, and then a couple years later, she actually ended up uh, having flashbacks of it in therapy. And this is a quote from that experience after she they ended up in a different town. They must transport you molecularly and can create portals and walls or a closed door. In the flashbacks, I was on a beach and could see this alien who was about six feet tall and wearing green coveralls. I couldn't see his face, but he could communicate mind to mind and had a box around his neck for seismic testing and warned me that he was going to cause an earthquake when he did they were forced to run uh, they being her and her husband mm. um and hillary got into the small round vehicle with the alien onto a small oval ufo and that's they ended up in cardiff oh my so i think like that alien saved her from being part of an earthquake i'm not really sure how that happens but <laughs> also the big one might just be a real dick alien yeah it sounds like maybe that's what i'm gonna blame so just get ready <laughs> We'll blame it on many things, I'm sure. That's true. Anyway, so that was a big experience where they just have no idea how they got there and clearly hadn't driven there themselves.
0: Right.
1: Um, three years later, uh, she was in the hospital after a surgery and she was looking for a bathroom and stumbled onto a storage room full of alien hybrid fetuses. What? And just it was in apparent- the hospital, <laughs> in the Danvers <janitor's> closet. <laughs> I know. I don't. I think it must have been the same hospital where she went for her miscarriage. She needs but- to stop going to that goddamn hospital but she needs to find another she needs to find other doctors absolutely health insurance or something i don't know (laughs) well so apparently after she like found it people kind of noticed that she was acting weird and so she went back to look at it again later and everything had been locked up so she couldn't go back Uh uh-huh um around that same time she became an engineer and she was actually part of the ministry of defense for a while and she saw a ministry of defense vehicle at her job where like it was she's at the marconi space and defense and i guess she saw a vehicle in a place where it shouldn't have been and that the normal areas that she could usually access were all off limits and apparently she asked around and found out that a security guard had caught a strange blue light uh in like human form rifling through top secret files that morning oh my and they don't know what happened after that all they know is that the security guard was told to never come back to work oh my okay So that's a whole other thing. I wish I knew more information about that. But Uh, yeah, if you're that security guard, please reach out to me. I'm sure you're listening to this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then five years later, um, there's another time where Hillary forgets a shopping list and runs inside, comes back out and sees a gold five foot long UFO flying by. Oh, Um, around the same time, Hillary also saw military buses heading towards a forest um, where she thought there must be like a military exercise coming out. But she ended up seeing a giant scorch mark in the grass being investigated, and she saw officers chasing shadows. Mm. Uh, she also saw an. Ab- uh, she was also later abducted by a hexagonal shaped uh, object, and she remembers intricate pipework on the underside of the craft. Hillary also saw a UFO shaped like a large cylinder rod that was 60 feet long and seven feet wide, with green lights hovering over her neighborhood. It stopped over her directly, and then the lights went out. She was knocked to her feet and blacked out, and the next morning, she had a large burn mark on her face. Ooh. Um, In 1978, Hillary actually saw a man in black who was- I don't like Who was uh, waiting for- while she was waiting for her daughter at the bus stop. And the man in black was six feet tall, dressed in black with a hat on, had what seemingly was albino white skin and bright blue eyes, but no pupils. Okay. Nope. And they they communicated telepathically. He bowed to her, and then he disappeared. Okay, that's kind of nice, I guess. That's the nicest one so far, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, After that, aliens began to abduct Hillary and her daughter, often through a... Wait, so
0: so she has a daughter, so the daughter's not an alien hybrid, I'm assuming.
1: I don't... Maybe if i were if i were hillary's daughter i'd be nervous i'd be like yeah like like, little alien tentacles or something if i if my mom was convinced like dead set that she was impregnated by Mm -hmm. aliens i would absolutely be scared for my entire life Oh, for sure. Especially since she doesn't have any pupils. I feel like, (laughs) hmm, that's weird. (laughs) So aliens began to abduct uh, Hillary and her daughter, often through dimensional portals that went directly from Hillary's room. So I guess now they just have, like, instant access to her bedroom. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I guess Hillary was usually paralyzed during this, but she would always feel them poking her legs. She just couldn't escape. And there (sighs) were always at least seven of them at a time. Oh, my God. She remembers seeing hybrid babies being nursed by other female abductees during these abductions. Investigate- oh during these abductions. So she would see other humans having to like breastfeed alien what babies. The fuck? That's so traumatizing for me to even hear. Yeah. Um Hillary also claims that she started getting stalked by a tall black figure which uh, witnesses have also apparently seen. So now we're in the 80s and Hillary uh has said Quote, I just put my, my daughter down to bed and came downstairs, and I spotted a huge figure by the window, and I froze. After a moment, he raised his hand, and I did the same. After that, I wasn't quite so frightened. I thought he wasn't going to hurt me. Then he glided to the back of the garden. He shot sideways, paused for several seconds, and was gone. <sighs> so throughout the 80s, she's just getting followed by this thing. Oh, God. And by the 90s, she has a, quote, crisis abduction, where she has all of these flashbacks of previous encounters, so I guess after that, she's now, re- by the 90s, that's when she's remembering all the shit that happened to her. Got it. Uh, so she started looking for other people like her, and that's where she met Ken Parsons, her either life partner or partner in crime, or both. Or both. And he ran the, it's called BEAMS. It stands for British Earth and Aerial Mysteries Society. Sure. And uh, so she was looking for answers. She met Ken, went to a BEAMS meeting, I guess, and... Um, and that was where she kind of started finding her people. Aww. She kept getting um, abducted in 1995. She was on a military base and she saw a large multicolored plasma disc type craft um, come out from the sky over the barracks. And she took a picture of it as it hovered for a few minutes. And then it quote plunged into darkness and then it reappeared and then flew into a cloud. Mm. Um, now we're in the two thousands and she starts seeing this oval um, this oval-shaped red and purple light appear out of the clouds, and she keeps trying to record every time she sees it, and it keeps going in and out of being visible. It will vanish and then reappear, and uh, that happened for a while, and she's already been noticing that um, the red orbs uh, that she kept seeing had a plasma nucleus, so it looked there was something going on in the center of it. Oh, okay. And they would often form triangular formations. Oh, which is interesting. So this one happened in 2007 and a similar report was actually uh, a similar incident was actually reported by media in England. So she was like, "Okay, Finally. I was not alone. I did, I actually saw that. Finally. And um, so she just started seeing these multicolored orbs all the time, always doing these like weird aerial maneuvers around her. And eventually she, she saw a giant ball of orange light with a plasma nucleus and it flew away after 20 minutes of following her. Terrifying. Hmm. and then in 2016 at 3 a.m she woke up to the sound of whooshing like whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. and oh, beautiful thank you and i'll write a whole song for you just making that sound one day <laughs> oh
0: my god okay and thank in you.
1: 2016 at 3 a.m she heard this whooshing and she seemed uh, she saw a mist but it was only going up vertically like a column okay and, and inside it were three uh, gray aliens and Apparently she's powerful enough at this point because she told them telepathically to go away and they listened to her. Oh, all right. And she believes that they didn't leave as quickly as she thought because she woke up the next day with a bunch of sores on her face. So she thinks they like did something and then messed with her memory or she blacked out and didn't recognize it. But, uh, I guess she at least knows that like she can also talk back to them now telepathically. (laughs) And then they'll just like uh,
0: stab her in the face. What are they doing to her
1: face? I don't know what they're doing to (laughs) her face, but I guess they were freaked out that she could talk back now. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, So uh, Hillary starts trying to take more pictures. She's trying to document every single thing that happens to her. So um, still on the beams uh, website, there are a bunch of pictures and quote evidence that she has captured over the years. And um the last few of them were that she's been seeing a lot of UFOs flying over her and she's been trying to take as many pictures of the UFO and the light around it. But for the most part, she still has gotten abductions or had encounters at least since 2018 was the most recent one I could find. Oh, wow. And um, that was when she saw a UFO almost signaling to something she couldn't see. And then it faded into the, into the sky. Um, She does. She does still say that after every abduction or encounter, she will wake up with an insane migraine and feel really, really sick. And she will wake up with either fresh scars, bruises, bloody marks or stains on her face, her clothes or her bed sheets Um, every single time. So I guess she's just used to it. Can you imagine like waking up every day and there's just like blood and (laughs) scars on your face? Right. You wake up and you like have a headache before you even open your eyes. You're like, oh, no, it happened again. Right. That's and also horrifying. imagine the, the passage of either the passage of time or these aliens healing abilities or like, because if you're waking up and there's a fresh scar that wasn't there yesterday, that means that it had to have healed for a significant amount oh, of time. True. That's a good and point. She's just waking up with new scars on her face and her arms and her legs. And she's like, where oh the hell did that come from? Oh, God. Oh, God. So either she's missing for several days or they're giving her a, a wound and a scar all within like a couple hours. I didn't even think of that. Um, So she still says that she also has apparently a metal implant somewhere in her head. She thinks it's somewhere near her ear. Um, This is where doubts start to seep in for me because (laughs) she says that she has talked to a doctor about it and the doctor just said it was wax buildup. Um, (laughs) (laughs) She she does think, I mean, at this point I would also be paranoid that like any doctor could be a government person telling you to, you know wrong information. True. But so she says the doctor said it was a wax buildup but I can feel it. Ken has a monitor that detects bugging devices and he puts it near my ear and it will always go off, which is pretty terrifying. Oh my. And uh so if that's true, it's terrifying like how the hell did it get in there? Sure. Today or as far as like the I think I forgot to leave her birthday on here so I can't confirm, but I wrote in my notes that Hillary's now 73 and um she and Ken both still run the website. It's called beamsinvestigations.org, which compiles proof of extraterrestrials, both their personal experiences and other people who can submit their stories. And um, Ken and Hillary have actually, <laughs> this is a fun fact, apparently five years ago, they coined the term fake news. No, uh, what? <laughs> referring to alien contact cover ups in the government. And so any information where government uh, figures denied it. They called it fake news. Oh my God. (laughs) And they also have said that, um, Oh, I already said this, that telepathic aliens are specifically targeting people in Wales, Scotland, Ireland, Cornwall, and Brittany, because they believe that the aliens are trying to harvest their quote, superior genetic material for alien hybrids. Holy hell. And, uh, they are still part of various abductee meetings and UFO conventions. And, uh, the thing that makes them controversial to me is this last bullet, but, uh, It seems like a lot of the conventions they go to or at least the um, other meetup groups that seem to kind of follow the same audience or since they're conspiracy theorists, it seems like a lot of people that either maybe follow them or they just happen to, you know, be within proximity of are like Sandy Hook deniers and like, oh, uh, so because they're so anti-government, they believe everything's a cover up a lot of people who. Have all, also have those beliefs about even worse scenarios seem to kind of circo- circulate with them. Oh no, like is it like flat earther territory? Maybe because a lot of those groups intersect too. I th- yeah, I don't want to say like that she necessarily is a you know a denier of really sure. traumatic experiences or events, um, but it seems like her groups and those groups end up in the same places. And um, yeah, not a good look at the very least. No, and apparently um she's also compared media to uh the mentally ill so i mean she's she's definitely like i said very staunch in her beliefs and will be very direct about how she feels about people who deny the existence of aliens and so hearing that kind of put a a, you know a a bad taste in my mouth i don't want to discredit the fact that maybe she has been abducted by aliens but um she's like i said very bold with her words so that is that the is story of hillary porter slash harry potter i did not <laughs> <laughs> harry potter to be clear is not
0: a sandy hook denier as far as i know
1: <laughs> right jk really um, do not sue me i cannot afford that no, no.
0: we cannot afford that please uh oh my god that is insane i didn't know where you were going with the whole like controversy but wow that you were right that's uh
1: yeah it just makes it kind of yeah it's just a, a, a little too intense for my liking but yeah not a great look but anyway it's just a further proof that you know she is not messing around she absolutely believes these things happen to her she's not she doesn't think she's you know quote crazy or anything like that she's sure very very ready to uh show the world that aliens exist so all right i mean i guess we'll find
0: out one way or another eventually <laughs> yes um okay well thank you um offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code DRINK. Daylight saving time is starting up again. It may feel like there are more hours in the day, but if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates any sooner. There's only one way to do that, ZipRecruiter. Right now, you can try it for free at ziprecruiter.com slash drink. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100-plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. ZipRecruiter's smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why 4 out of 5 employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Uh, I have a story for you today. It is kind of a a combo story. Ooh. Well, I'll just tell it and it'll segue Segu into the next oh. uh,
1: topic. All a good Segu. <laughs>
0: This is the story of the kidnapping of Anthonette Christine Cayadito, uh, and the epidemic of missing and murdered Indigenous
1: women and girls. So, oh, okay, so it's a its a big one. <laughs> let me let me say on Christine's behalf. I know you've been wanting to do this story for a while, but you've wanted to make sure that you did it tastefully and respectfully. Correct.
0: That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I've because I've heard a few podcasts on it, but they were like full series, you know, and I obviously by people who've studied this extensively. And so I was like, well, I need to make sure to take the time to research every element that I can and make sure it's presented in the most like, uh, easy to like understand way and also accurate way. Um, right. But yeah, no, you're right. I've wanted to cover this for a long time. And I, I thought this one particular story um, this kidnapping case is like a good sago into the mm. whole
1: broader theme gotcha. so okay I'm excited because you have been telling me behind the scenes that you've wanted to cover this for a while
0: oh I'd forgotten I told you that okay cool well then finally the time has come everyone. finally <laughs> finally you've been counting down em. <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh first off I want to say I listened to um a bunch of stuff over the years, but uh, most recently for this case in particular, I listened to Trace Evidence podcast and watched two separate episodes of Unsolved Mysteries that cover the case. Um, this is a case of Anthonette Cayedito. So she was born December 25th, 1976 to Penny Cayedito and Anthony Montoya, Okay, and uh, she was a Navajo Native American. I'm sorry, her mother was. Penny was Navajo Native American, and her dad was Italian uh, and Hispanic. Mm-hmm. and um her parents separated within five years of her birth uh so she was living with her two younger sisters and her mom in an apartment off route 66 in gallup new mexico um okay. side note blaze actually uh worked there for a while which oh the name was very familiar he worked there um he did his uh ob-gyn rotation there um on a reservation and that's uh, a fun fact uh I always say birthed a lot of babies. That's not the right word. Delivered a lot of babies. That's the right word. <laughs> um, he did not birth any babies. Uh, hybrid, <laughs> alien hybrid or otherwise. Okay. So, so this is Gallup, New Mexico uh, in the 70s. Antoinette was a fourth grader at Lincoln Elementary School. She was nine years old. Uh, people called her Squirrel. That was her nickname. And uh, I know it's actually a super cute nickname. Um, And like, weirdly enough, she was nine, but she was always described as very mature and grown up. Like she was never really described as like being childlike or playful. Um, She, by the age of six, was already caring for her younger siblings and cooking for them and watching them. Um, She was described as a caregiver, uh, really responsible, always did her chores, cooked most meals, et cetera, et cetera. And so on April 5th, 1986, Uh, Anthonette was nine years old and her mom, Penny, left her along with her younger sisters, Wendy and Sadie, uh, home with a babysitter and went out for the evening. So that night, uh, around midnight, Penny returned home from her bar, wherever she was, and uh, let the babysitter go home and went to bed. So the next morning, Penny, the mom, wakes up to get the girls ready for Bible school. And her two youngest daughters are in bed with her. But when she goes to check on internet, she isn't in her bedroom. And she checks every room in the house. She checks with the neighbors. And then she starts to panic because nobody in the neighborhood has seen or heard from Anthonette since the day before.
1: Okay. And just so we're, just so I'm keeping up, this is last time she saw internet, she had left the kids with the babysitter.
0: Yes, okay. exactly. Um, okay. And actually, there are some sources. Actually, thank you for mentioning that. Because there are some sources that say when she got home, she spent a couple hours Till like three AM, talking to Um and oh. so some sources do say that they like spent a couple hours chatting when she got home from work. But then, once she went to bed, she didn't see her the next morning or gotcha. ever. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> sorry, spoiler alert. Um, so she at 11am, she calls a police department, but the police says she say she has to wait eight hours to make an official missing persons report. So she waits the eight hours and calls again. And the police at this point are almost certain that Anthony has been kidnapped. So they begin an investigation. And Anthony is reported missing. So days go by of searching, then weeks then months. Um, Anthony is not found. Uh, any clues they could find. One of them is a neighbor uh, who says they witnessed a brown truck parked near the Kaidito's house and a man walked toward their apartment uh, around 6 30 or 7 AM. Uh, but they couldn't get a close look at who it was, but they did see a brown truck. Uh, so some sources say there's a couple like mixed up or some sources are like slightly varying um, from others. Some sources say that Penny took a lie detector test and failed at this point um however uh so investigators are starting to believe penny might know more than she's sharing with police mm. but at the same time um polygraphs are not by any means like right you know uh, entirely accurate, accurate. Entirely yeah entirely accurate right and um some factors that can influence uh, a polygraph are not fully understanding the question um extreme stress or extreme nervousness which you would imagine probably Sure, your kids missing. Yeah. Exactly. Um and they've actually I've read somewhere, I heard in podcast, I think, that when you give a lie detector test, like right after someone has experienced like a loss or a grief, like apparently it, like totally skews the results because your Oh, I'm sure emotions are so like extreme. Um, so everything's yeah. kind of out of whack. So uh so that could have been the case. But either way, some sources say she did fail a polygraph at this point. And um, despite a couple people saying they might have seen her here or there, the trail kind of goes cold and there's no trace of Anthonette. So one year later, it's 1987, she's been missing about a year, when the Gallup police station receives a phone call. Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, I will say this call is available online um, pretty readily and uh, it's on YouTube, it's on the Unsolved Mysteries, and it's uh, slightly disturbing it's essentially a call uh, from a little girl who identifies herself as Anthonette. <gasps> she says she's in Albuquerque, but before the call can be traced, a male voice in the background says, who said you could use the phone? <gasps> then she screams and the line goes dead. Oh no. So the call lasted only 40 seconds and um, Gallup police was able to record that and they played it for Penny and she listened to it and said, 100 that's my daughter she <gasps> said um she said just by the way she says her last name anthonette Cayadito. she's like just the way she says her last name i know for a fact that's my daughter um like she would bet her life on it uh but at the same time they didn't have enough to trace the call so they just had a recording of it but it did give them kind of like renewed hope that maybe she's alive right um some people thought this might have been a prank which i mean obviously is very cruel especially because it did sound like a small child, like it'd be kind of a weird prank to pull right people Oh Jesus, sorry, a box just fell next to me. That
1: scared the crap. Oh out. <laughs> no.
0: Oh my god. Okay. Um what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So some people think it was a prank, but um most people believe it was probably real. However, it is kind of weird that the call went to the Gallup police station rather than like nine one one. Right, yeah.
1: That's interesting. They were
0: thinking, like if a little if a 10-year-old got a hold of the phone, you think they'd call 911 in an emergency. Right. Unless they somehow had that Gallup police number
1: memorized, which seems kind of odd. Yeah, I today all I know is to call 911. I would not know a police station's number.
0: Right. Oh hell no. I don't even yeah, I don't I definitely don't know any especially when I was 10. Right. Um so that's kind of a weird like turn. Um some people think the name or the voice in the background is a woman, not a man. I listened to it several times. I think it's it could go either way. I don't think it's like super clear um but so that's that's kind of one of those things, especially because a lot of times when children are kidnapped, they are um the odds that they're still alive after twenty four hours is like extremely slim right um if they're abducted by a stranger, so the fact that she may be alive was very um heartening for her family um so anyway, so she said she had been at or the caller said she was in Albuquerque. Um, so this kind of added some fuel to the fire of her investigation. And then um, fast forward a couple of years, 1991 in Carson City, Nevada. So this is about five years after she'd been um, abducted. A restaurant server calls the police and she reports having an eerie experience. She says a she was serving a table, didn't really think much of it. It was this unkempt couple and a small teenager sitting at the table so she's serving this table and the girl kept knocking her fork on the floor. And so the server was like, what the hell? So she would pick it up. And every time she'd pick it pick it up to hand it back to her, the girl would squeeze her hand really tightly.
1: <gasps> Ooh.
0: Yeah. And so uh, she- By was the way, this is of- a
1: genius little girl.
0: I know. I know. I know. It's so disturbing, but it's like, it sounds like something out of Criminal Minds or like a TV show, truly. Um, So she is squeezing her hand and the server's like, okay, something seems off, but I'm not sure. Maybe this girl's just acting strange. I don't know. But after the three of them left, um, she was cleaning the table and she found a note written on a napkin under the girl's plate and the note read, help me (gasps) call the police. (gasps) Yeah. And so at this point, the server's like, holy shit. And she kind of puts two and two together and she realizes like, hey, I think that might be that missing girl uh from new mexico and so she calls the police and um you know gives them what information she could but at the same time there wasn't much there weren't cameras or anything um there wasn't much that could be confirmed her story couldn't even technically be confirmed um and there's just not much they can go on from there except that perhaps anthony is still alive right so one month after this sighting, police once again are like reinvested in this case and they decide to interview Antoinette's 10-year-old sister, Wendy, um, who was five at the time that her sister disappeared. Okay. So this was kind of more like a um, just protocol, like they just wanted to talk to her. They didn't, they weren't like interrogating her. They were just going to ask her one more time, like, hey, can you refresh us on what you saw that night? Sure. so they talk to her they go to her school they interview her and this is when she reveals something shocking and it's that she had been awake when Anthonette had vanished (sighs) and she had seen the whole thing happen oh no and so she explained to police that in the middle of the night there was a knock on the door Anthonette went to see who it was but didn't answer it and went back to bed then at 3am another knock came at the door and Wendy followed her sister out to, to the door And according to Wendy, Anthony asked, who is it? And a male voice replied, it's uncle Joe. (gasps) And so Anthony opened the door and is grabbed by a man uh, and taken to a brown van or a truck kicking and screaming. And Wendy at this point is five. She's like terrified. She runs back to her room. And um, the next morning uh, she doesn't tell the story. And when the police say like, Hey, why didn't you tell anyone um when the day when this happened and she said because I thought since my mom was crying and everything I thought I'd get in trouble so she was so scared she was five years old and she was just terrified that like she was just going to add to the trauma somehow yeah and so um the crazy thing is they actually did have an uncle joe um and so police went back and and talked to uncle joe And um, he actually had already been cleared years before. He had a really solid alibi and um, a witness who could corroborate it. So it was just someone pretending to be
1: Uncle Joe so she'd open the door.
0: That is one of the main theories, yes. And um, Wendy also, the sister, said she didn't uh, recognize the man who grabbed her or didn't really see his face. So she, she wasn't saying, like, yes, it was Uncle Joe. She was saying somebody said they were Uncle Joe. Right. So, like you said, it could have been either someone close to the family who knew about uncle joe it could have been a stranger who had heard about uncle joe and used that as a ruse to get her to open the door um Mm -hmm. it could have been some random dude named uncle joe who knows um but her parents insist for what it's worth she would never have opened the door for a stranger so either way she probably felt like she knew this person Mm -hmm. um so at this point police believe that anthony is deceased uh remains have never been recovered she's never been found um alive or dead. And uh, part of this is because at least what a lot of people believe is that there was a delayed police response, kind of a half-hearted investigation um, into her disappearance and a lack of coverage by the media. And uh, a lot of people believe this is, you know, due to um, racial issues, uh, socioeconomic issues, that kind of thing. And that is why um, her family believes this contributed to Anthonette becoming one of many missing and murdered indigenous women and girls in the United States. Wow. And um, I'm going to give like a quick summary of like that whole case, just so if anyone has any information. Sure. Um, so Anthonette has been missing since April 6th, 1986 from Gallup, New Mexico. She would be 43 years old today. Wow. Um, she There are some uh, age-progressed photos, too, online. Um She is female. She is her race is described by her parents as Native American, Caucasian, and Hispanic. She is four or when she was uh, taken, she was four feet, seven inches tall, 55 pounds, last seen wearing a pink knee length nightgown. She has black hair and brown eyes, dark colored moles on her right cheek, nose, back, and one of her ankles. She has scars on one of her knees and her lip and pierced ears. So anyone with information at all is encouraged to call the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. At 1-800-843-5678. Mm. And so that is my sagu.
1: That is your sagu. Wow.
0: That is a really intense sagu, I would say. Probably the, the the
1: craziest one we've had so far.
0: I think it's probably the most uh, horrific and intense segue
1: we've ever done. Yes.
0: So here we go. I'm always upping the game. What can I say?
1: Well, um, we also, um, we created another, uh, another catchphrase recently. Oh, uh, yeah because i'd been saying everything's bananas and then i i change it to noodles and christine randomly just said like it's noodles all the way to the top and i swear <laughs> that i've never heard in the bible like it's one of one of the most fantastic senses. It's absolutely encompassed itself into my world now well the
0: funny so- thing is that it was recorded because we did it on a cameo so somebody has that officially documented somewhere
1: yeah I mean truly i I haven't I don't know why of your brain, but I'm so happy it did that story, by the way, was noodles all the way to the top <laughs> it was right
0: like yeah. i I would
1: say I would say you uh you really had me thinking that she was gonna get found though because she was so creative with how she was trying to get people to help her right, um, true. I mean, like with the, the menu, like writing a note and like grabbing her hand and everything or like finding a way to call the police right. department. And those are the most horrific things yeah. to me is like how close
0: like those like close yeah. calls where it's like she was almost saved. You know, the stories where people are missing and their sightings or like someone's in a bathroom and says like, hey, help me. I, it's me from the United States. I've been kidnapped. I'm being sex trafficked or whatever. It's like the most right. horrific thing because it just goes back to the way it was and they aren't rescued and it's like oh so close to being saved that's just disturbing
1: right i mean it's terrifying yeah
0: so that being said um i want to say a couple things about uh missing and murdered indigenous women and girls mmiwg if you're a fan of acronyms Um, okay and we are because that's a lot of words yes uh so basically i'm going to give a little summary real quick and then some stats so the epidemic of missing and murdered indigenous women and girls is a pervasive human rights issue facing North America, particularly uh, the US and Canada. Uh, a major contributing factor is that federal law limits tribal courts jurisdiction to prosecute non-native people who commit crimes on their lands so um, in other words tribal tribal courts are have a very hard time uh, criminally prosecuting non-native people who commit crimes on their lands if that makes sense and the government has said oh that's because we want to be able to like fully prosecute them from our end but they usually don't so in other words people get away with a lot
1: right so the shittiest version of right (laughs) got it
0: right the worst of both worlds um according to lisa brunner who's the executive director of sacred spirits first national coalition Quote, what's happened through US federal law and policy is they created lands of impunity where this is like a playground for serial rapists, batterers, killers, whoever and our children, whoever and our children aren't protected at all. Wow. So over the decades, this has been largely ignored. But recently, there have been a lot of dedicated journalists, activists, and more recently, law enforcement and finally, politicians who have fought to bring this issue to the forefront. Um There are some, like, really shocking statistics. For example, as far as violence goes, more than four in five Native American and Alaska Native women experience violence in their lifetime. And as a percentage, that's 84.3%. Holy shit. And as an actual number, that's more than 1.5 million. Um, And 56% of these women also experience sexual violence. And 55% experience physical violence from an intimate partner. So... Very disturbing. Um, And there are more statistics about like having 20, you know, 27% report having a gun or knife used on them or, you know, think very specific. It gets down to like the nitty gritty. Um, But all of the percentages are obviously shocking. Um, More than one in three Native American and Alaska Native women have experienced violence in the past year. And relative to non-Hispanic white only women, American Indian and Alaska Native women are 1.2 times likely to have experienced violence in their lifetime and are 1.7 times as likely to have experienced violence in the past year. Wow, Um, This is interesting. Of the Native Alaskan and Indigenous women who have experienced violence in their lifetime, 97% report the perpetrator as non-Native. Okay. And so that gets into the territory of like people aren't being prosecuted um, for committing crimes on tribal land.
1: I think I... That obviously never even crossed my mind that because if you're going into this, you know, zone where, you know, you know that you won't get in trouble. Like, of course, that's like just right. I mean, I mean, wow. I didn't know any of that. Yeah. It's like a breeding ground for for all these things to just keep happening. Exactly. Like, I mean, if you're you're not going to be if there's going to be no consequences. Right. you want to act out violently why not do it on the people where you you won't get in trouble for it totally and, that's terrible. Totally. and it like
0: perpetuates within the the native communities too because they're like there's a quote later but basically a lot of people say well and then this just perpetuates to our young women like oh well that's just normal no one's gonna get in trouble so don't even right. bother trying to fight it or report it right like it's just gonna it's exactly. happening um, and going off that, 49.1% of Native American women sought medical care, other advocacy, housing, or legal services after their experiences. However, 38.2% were unable to receive any sort of care or help um, when they sought wow. it. So
1: just, again, just perpetuating this whole cycle. You're perpetuating, normalizing it yes, too. exactly. Of, you know. Exactly. You know, don't have a problem with it. This is just how life is. Exactly.
0: And that's a lot of people right now are releasing like podcasts and bills and signing laws into effect to like try and not normalize that anymore. Um, And so the Department of Justice found the murder rate of indigenous and Native American women um, and girls on reservations to be 10 times that of the national average, which is like a shocking number. Yeah. Um, Crap. And according to the National Crime Information Center in 2016, there were 5,712 reports of missing American Indian and Alaska Native women and girls. However, the federal missing persons database has only logged
1: 116. Oh, my gosh. So I
0: don't even want to divide that to find the percentage because it is shockingly small. Yeah. Um, let's see. The rate of Indigenous female homicide in Canada is seven times that of all other Canadian populations. Um, And they did a study in Saskatchewan that shows that while indigenous women and girls account for 6% of the population, they account for 60% of the missing persons cases. So just like the percentage within that community um, is just shocking beyond belief. Um, And staggering. Staggering, exactly. And the fact that like no one really talks about it or knows about it is also disturbing. Um, Right. And so Canada has something called the Highway of Tears. And I'm actually going to get into, I know this is a lot of like numbers, sorry, but I'm going to get into like an actual okay. couple examples of um, some stories, one of which I've already covered. But so the Highway of Tears is a 700 kilometer stretch of highway um, on Highway 16 in British Columbia. And it's the site of at least 18, at least because a lot of these weren't, people believe were not properly reported. Right. Um, at least 18 murdered or missing Indigenous women, girls. Oh my God. And two spirit people um, since 1969. Do you know uh, what two
1: spirit is? Um, I, yes, and no. I've heard about it when it comes to um, some people try to claim that it's uh, an identity, a gender identity, but I've also heard that that's actually like wildly culturally appropriating. Um, So I'm not sure. I, I've, I've understood it as like two spirits in one body.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I obviously don't know either, like as far as I don't have a better understanding. I'm, I just have like a definition I got from, um, LGBTQ health Canada. So I don't, you know, this is just take this with a grain of salt. This is what I found on their website. Um, and, uh, it's like a major organization up there. So if this is wrong, let me know. Um, but, According to them, two spirit refers to a person who identifies as having both a masculine and a feminine spirit and is used by some indigenous people to describe their sexual, gender, and or spiritual identity. As an umbrella term, it may encompass same-sex attraction and a wide variety of gender variants, including people who might be described in Western culture as gay, lesbian, bisexual, transsexual, transgender, genderqueer, or who have multiple gender identities two-spirit can also include relationships that could be considered poly so it's like a very broad term that I think is used in a lot of different ways
1: um but
0: it is like you said separate from western culture basically
1: right yeah no because I you know in my own gender journey I've looked through every single definition out there and I uh two-spirit I mean sounds really interesting but then I saw in a different forum that like if you're not indigenous you probably shouldn't be using that sure. it's Kind of like saying like sure um what your spirit animal is like it's like right it right is a valid term but if you're if you're not part of a specific group of people maybe you shouldn't that's a really good that. point
0: that's a really good point um i think spirit animal is a great example too so uh
1: and also like please like reach out if you do identify as two-spirit i'd love to you know yeah hear your opinion of that but i i have understood it as as a ignorant white person i probably should just avoid it (laughs) but i'm not sure if that's (laughs) just no it's i mean and that's
0: why i like just verbatim copied the right biggest stuff or like the most popular
1: definition i could find because obviously i don't know at all i Um, do think it's i think it's uh before people start screaming at me i do think it is a valid um identity oh sure plus community i think maybe you know i don't know if i it's not something
0: we could probably adopt for ourselves
1: exactly (laughs)
0: No, I think that makes total sense. Um, Also, side note, I love M's gender journey. It sounds like the greatest. (laughs) I like see a rainbow like M's gender journey in my (laughs) like Today, a special
1: episode. (laughs) God, listen, one day there will be a book about M's gender journey. (laughs) Don't worry, I'll write it for you. You can just read it or say it. Elite, like turn into more devolved chaos you can just put pictures
0: since you don't like to read we could just make it a picture book <laughs> anyway um back to this shit
1: right, back uh, to the, the worst information i've ever heard <laughs> sorry
0: yeah back sorry we'll be back to m's gender journey right after these important messages <laughs> um so okay anyway Canada's Highway of Tears, essentially. Um, in 2005, there was this task force created called ePANA. I'm hoping I'm saying that right. And there, this task force basically seeks to solve these missing and murdered persons cases that have uh, since 1969 not been solved. So in 2014, they had a huge victory because um, there was this guy named Gary Taylor Handlin. And he, uh, in 1978, murdered an indigenous 12-year-old girl named Monica Jack. And uh, in 2014, finally, the task force brought up murder charges against him. And in 2019, last year, Hanlon was convicted and sentenced to life in prison, which was uh, the task force's first arrest to conviction. So that was a huge victory for them. Um, in the newest news, this the task force also believes that deceased American serial killer Bobby Jack Fowler was responsible for one to three of the 18 deaths. So they're trying to like solve these cases, even if the serial killers have since died. Um, or if the murderers have since died now this is one that i covered in episode 66 um the story of robert picton the pig oh, farmer yeah. killer yeah yeah, yeah yeah which is like weirdly very specific in my mind for some reason i don't know like i a lot of these stories i don't remember that well but this one for some reason i remember very clearly sure um but he was a canadian serial killer active from I mean, I'm sure you guys memorized that whole episode, so I probably don't need to repeat word all the Word for word, actually. Word for word. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to refresh your memory. Okay. Um, so he's a Canadian serial killer. He was active from 1995 until 2002 when he was arrested. He killed 49 women, uh, most of whom were sex workers and drug users in the Vancouver area, and at least half of them were indigenous. Wow. Okay. So f- families of the victims believe that police didn't catch Picton sooner, um, despite many, I remember the story was so frustrating because a lot of people were like, it's that guy. Like, we know it's that guy. He was reported many times. People complained. He even stabbed a woman in 1997. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, all of this was very in the open, but uh, families of the victims believe nothing happened because of the victim's profession, a lot of them more sex workers, right. uh, their lifestyles, their addictions and their race. And so um, this the 1997 stabbing victim who escaped and like told police what happened, um, had a heroin addiction. And so the case against him was dropped and he was oh, not charged with that. Okay. So there was just like a lot of shit going on with that story. Um, and a huge part of it was that at least half of his victims were indigenous. And um, this is another thing that people believe allowed him to kill 49 people before being arrested. Mm-hmm um so in 2010 they did an inquiry into the investigation um and it cited multiple failures on parts of the investigators what a shock um and the government reached a monetary settlement with the families and um so that's that story and now i just have one last bit which is like what the hell can we do about it because that's always the most just depressing and frustrating part is if you feel like um powerless and like
1: you can't do anything and also uh as i will identify as someone who's like wildly uneducated about this but i i would like to no longer be uneducated about it
0: yeah and that was why i wanted to do it too because i felt extremely uneducated about it and i felt very like like shit i gotta know that like especially if i know that it exists i felt like i had a duty
1: to learn about it you know yes Um, teach us christine what can we do
0: okay professor christine's here yeah. not not as catchy of a title as m's gender journey but we'll work on it <laughs> um so essentially why this is happening is mostly from the top jurisdictional power um just like colonial structure from you know all the horrible things white people did back uh, in the day yeah. and continue to do and so um, Yep, yep and so a lot of this has to do with poor communication between federal state local and tribal authorities um Obviously, socioeconomics and race. There is a um, an author and professor at University of Kansas named Sarah Deer Muskogee um, of the Muskogee tribe. And she told journalists that the missing indigenous girls families are far too frequently met with skepticism by law enforcement. Quote, she doesn't get on the front page of the newspapers or land on primetime CNN. She isn't worthy of our attention. When no one in authority looks for a missing woman, it sends a strong statement to the families and to communities that this life doesn't matter. It is an expendable life. Victim blaming is often a part of this dynamic. If she's done X, Y, or Z, no wonder she got caught up in trouble. Unlike an innocent white college girl, this Native woman doesn't deserve prioritization. And so that's her view of like how this has been swept under the rug for so many years. Got it. And basically a lot of, I mean a lot of things are going through now as far as bills and laws are being passed in Canada and the U S um, with the aim of reducing violence and fixing the power structure. Um, let's see. There's a woman named um, her name's representative Hayland of New Mexico, Pueblo of Laguna. And she is one of the first two indigenous women elected to Congress, which is really exciting. Um, and she introduced the not invisible act of 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and so th- those are the things happening on like a more, Governmental scale. Um, Politicians are finally paying attention. But as individuals, obviously, awareness is a huge part of it. Um, Learning about it, figuring out what the hell is going on. And then from there, you can obviously donate, you can volunteer. Um, There's a couple organizations, uh, including the Coalition to Stop Violence Against Native Women. Um, It starts with us, No More Silence, Sisters in Spirit, and the Native American, I'm sorry, the Native Alliance Against Violence. And they do a lot of, like, lobbying for new laws and that kind of thing. And finally, as a last note, before I, like, finally take a breath, because I've just been talking for 16 hours. Oh, you're good. If you or anyone you know needs to speak with someone safely and confidentially, you can contact either Rain, the Rape Abuse Incest National Network, at www.rainn.org the National Domestic Violence Hotline at ndvh.org or the Strong Hearts Native Helpline at strongheartshelpline.org. Holy shit. Sorry, that was a lot.
1: No, no, that was awesome. It was needed.
0: There were a lot of numbers
1: in there. (laughs) Well, thank you. I'm sure that was a lot of people probably needed to hear all that.
0: You know that feeling when you're giving a speech or a presentation and like, you realize you haven't taken a breath in a long time, but then you're like, if I take a breath, it'll be like, so obvious, such a thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to like breathe out and like breathe. It's just like I feel like I was getting to that point, and I was like, but then my voice starts getting crack
1: creaky because I'm like oh, not breathing. Well, okay, yeah. So that happened to me yesterday because I. So I know I've told you guys about the the friends I made because I wrote a note on their car. Yes, I love they the story. strangers, and then we became friends. So I found out they literally live like less than a five minute walk away from me. And oh my so, god. all this social distancing they've been saying you mean five minutes away from trey songs right exactly okay (laughs) so they've been asking if i like if you know i want to go on walks and so i've been trying to social distance and say no but i know they have been quarantined for a long 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 time so i you know i'm taking my chances and i think they're probably safe to go on a on a walk with and um so we've all been like spread out across the sidewalk and (laughs) um taking up that like at one point one of us was on the sidewalk on the other side of the street one was in the middle of the street oh and my one god We're the- trying to take it seriously but also like have social interaction you're like west side story but like really sad yeah and so um uh but we had to walk uphill for a second and i was like oh my god and they were trying to ask me questions about like oh no <laughs> really trying to get to know each other still and they were like oh so did you play sports in high school and i was like it doesn't look like it right now like i like <laughs> <laughs> I was trying so hard to get words out, but I also needed to breathe and I could you're not like, do it. like, let this answer for itself. Oh let I trying to enunciate, you know, so like, so oh, people yeah. could hear and me. sound
0: like, sound professional and uh, competent. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. So that's how I feel. I do know what, uh, do know what it's
1: like to not be able to breathe because that happened to me yesterday. I feel like, because <laughs> you're an athlete, right? Got it. Okay, well, I live with RJ, so every know, second of the day, right. I'm reminded that I'm not the Olympian <laughs> of the apartment.
0: <laughs> oh my god, at least you're like, well, there's already a set Olympian, I don't need to live up to that standard.
1: Oh, it actually kind of helps a lot, because he's like, I've been hearing him on FaceTime asking people like, oh, do you want to do an ab workout now? And I'm like, no! who, are, who are your friends? Oh my god. What the fuck?
0: <laughs> so, I um... can't believe you're friends with him.
1: Each, well, when I became friends with him, he wasn't training for the Olympics. So I, I think see. that's... You I You inspired him, him. I got, him got it. Right. But uh, no, it's it's nice to live with someone who's clearly uh, the uh, the power lifter <laughs> right. of all of us. Then <laughs> power I, lifter. Because then I get to eat cookies all I want and not feel bad about it because I already you're know my like, place. <laughs> you're already on the on the spectrum
0: and you're just going to stay there. Yeah, I got you.
1: No one, no one has expectations for me. They're all looking at RJ, <laughs> so...
0: <laughs> oh my God. And his extra abs right <laughs> uh anyway well thank you everyone for listening um to my really long presentation i hope it wasn't too statistics heavy oh,
1: uh, good.
0: and M's alien story i love alien stories thank you and um i hope you're all staying safe and careful and uh mentally healthy also okay. um and uh, that's all I've got. I mean, I'm just stuck inside as well as all of you guys. So,
1: Same. We have to go record our Instagram live soon.
0: Oh, that's great. Right. Yeah, we're about to do that. I mean, I we're warning you way too late because you're you're listening to this later. But <laughs> um, I think we're saving them all on our Instagram page if you for some reason want to watch us reunite over FaceTime. Yes. Um, so anyway, well, that's all
1: I've got. Anyway, thank you guys. Uh, check out our website if you want to, you know, wish we were on tour. Right oh now. my God, that's um, sad. <laughs> uh, other than that, I guess we'll see you next week and follow us on Instagram because we've got some. We're trying to throw yeah. as much content as we can for you guys and keep up with. Patreon and we want and- you guys
0: to en- engage with us too because we're also stuck at home and bored and want to uh talk to you. So.
1: We're just as bored as yeah. you. So when we say we're going we to do a Q and A, we mean we're going to do a Q and A. Pay attention to
0: us. We're two <laughs> Geminis locked away inside. It's awful. Do you know what it's like for our egos right now? It's <laughs> like chaos. Um, anyway, so hopefully this recorded. That would be hilarious if it didn't. Um, oh, yeah. Hilarious beyond.
1: Hilarious <laughs> is the exact <laughs> right word.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. That hilarity where you just cry until you laugh. Laugh until you cry. Okay. Yes. Anyway, thanks, everyone, for <laughs> listening. And we'll see you next week. And?
1: Bye. And. Oh my God. Why did I just say bye like that? Why? I don't know. Cold. Usually
0: you do the and, so I just did it. And. close. And. Oh, okay. Well. Oh, you go.
1: You change it up. You do it. You do it. Should you do we count it, to
0: three again? That went really well at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You go Okay. And. And. That's why. I think we're on a lag. Sorry.
1: <laughs> we. <Sweet>. Oh. <laughs> It's like I said my part. I did it right. Like okay, try again. We'll go slow. Okay, we'll go slow.
0: We'll go slow. And that's why we drink.
1: Oh my god, that was painful.
0: It's like they, everyone else already closed. Negative out. one.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. Well, um, on that note, bye. <laughs> and- Thank <laughs>